So hello everyone, you can probably hear my voice, I just woke up, it's early here in Las Vegas, I am out walking and praying that the wind is a gentle one today, but good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, I always think whenever I wake up, a lot of times, some of the things at the front of mind great day for a great day. John Wooden used to have make every day your masterpiece. And I like that one too. You definitely have to approach it all with with new eyes. Unless you have a lot of momentum. Let's say you're in the middle of just this great life, these great things, then you can just settle in and ride that momentum. We're all different. We're all at different stages. Some people, a lot of people, their brain is just in rewind. It's always replaying the negative programming, the fears. And in that case, yeah, you pretty much have to have, try to have a, just try, try to have some amnesia. Long term, it doesn't make things go away. But in the short term, it's needed just to get some momentum, like I was just saying. It's just to get some positive traction. And then later, you can go and roto-root and put to rest the other things. You know, but how do you attack it? I just think you have to attack it in terms of, hey, it starts at the top of the day. A great day starts with a great beginning, usually. So it's very important, those habits at the top of the morning. And I like, you know, just me, I like to... I like to turn my attention to something higher. I like, I believe in higher powers, spiritual power, God power. I believe in that. Um, it's not a requisite to listen to me. In fact, there'll be people that don't like me because of that. I'm being daring by showing my hand there. I don't have to, but I'm showing my hand. And I'm showing it because, for me, that's what works. Like the, in, in philosophy, we talk about epistemology. Epistemology is this big word, and all it basically means is how do I know? How do I know if something is true or not? I mean, well, because this authority said it, because this university said it, because it's a consensus of experts who said it. And, of course, that assumes that all experts are honest, number one. It assumes that they don't have an agenda. It assumes they're not that they're not paid, bought and paid for. It assumes a lot of things. It assumes that they're just they're right. Even a bunch of people get together, the masses the masses have been wrong a lot in history, including the experts. Usually it's the experts leading the masses off a cliff. <laughs> so how do I know anything? Well that's you have to decide that. You decide what makes you happy, and even for some people, happy is not always the standard for everyone, and it shouldn't be. Sometimes a fulfilling and worthwhile life isn't always about happy, 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 happy. That's not the road to fulfillment for a lot of people. There's sacrifice. There's a lot of discipline. If you're a samurai, it's not about being happy. It's about the mission. It's about the code. It's about the process. If you're an entrepreneur, it's a lot of times not about being happy. It's about the end result. What are you trying to build? 
right? If you're uh, Mother Teresa, it's not always about being happy. It's about serving people. It's about helping people. It's about making people feel like they're not alone, right? So sometimes you, people, there are a lot of things. Some people value things more than happy. We just assume we have this blanket mentality that happy is just the gold standard for human beings. And it's not. Everybody's not just after happy, happy, happy. Happy's great. Happy's wonderful. But it's it's not the ultimate fulfillment for a lot of people, believe it or not. I've seen people, their kids are in wheelchairs. Their kids are, kids are disabled. Their kids are bad off physically. And the parents stand by them and serve them and go above and beyond. Their whole lives are altered and compromised to help their kids. And it doesn't look that happy to me. I've been close to a couple families like that. It doesn't look that happy. It looks, wow, like a tremendous sacrifice. But they're called by love. They're called by duty. Their allegiance is to love. Their allegiance is to duty. It's not always about what's happy. A happier thing might be if for people that just abandoned and just went and lived on an island somewhere and had fun. That might be happy, but that might, that pursuit of happiness might weigh them down with so much guilt because they violate some deep code in them, which is, hey, no, you are a parent, you have a duty. Love calls, you have a duty to love. And so a lot of times to stay in allegiance to love, a lot of happy can get thrown out the window. Same thing in this martial arts lifestyle, that's what you learn. I mean, how many practices i got thousands and thousands and thousands of hours in the fight sports and the combat sports. It's not easy. We we glamorize it now on social media. It's not easy. It's not a joke. It's a lot of hard training. If you're if you're training in a legit academy, as I did, like some of these UFC fighters do, etc., it's not a joke. Um, yeah, there's no bullets, thank God. Nobody's going to get killed, usually. But... When you're driving to practice, a lot of that's not fun. It's not. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes you go in there and you're you're on your game and you're dominating and you're in the zone and and after practice you're tired and you got that Zen thing going then and yeah, like there's be some awesome moments, some wonderful moments. No doubt about it. But there's plenty of times like today. I mean, I'm gonna go train today, jiu-jitsu, and I, uh, I jacked up my illatibio band, it's, uh, it runs, you know, along your, the, the side of your, you know, your upper thigh on the outside, and man, that thing hurts, I could barely walk a little bit earlier, I was doing these pulleys, like Kyle Dake, the Olympic gold medalist, he does these, I mean, that guy's sled pushing, like, whatever, thousand some pounds and my little sled at the gym has wheels on it so it's 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 a lot easier but anyway i went pretty heavy yesterday get some some burst training some explosion training and uh that's probably the heaviest weight i've used i did probably 10 sets or so 10 pushes up back up back up back anyway felt good at the time right <laughs> and then today at hip is wow i feel like i was going to Literally, it felt like I was going to 
fall down. I'm walking right now, but I'm just waiting for the thing to catch because that, that iliotibial band can catch sometimes and you can feel like you're you're not going to be able to stand. You're not going to be able to take another step. By the way, you learn all of this human anatomy. So how do you know what your iliotibial? I know, trust me, I've been doing this a long time. I've had the, so many injuries. I've had the iliotibial. I've strained that before, so clicking and popping and catching and all that stuff. So, yeah, been doing this a long time, and you learn a lot. You spend a lot of time around the trainers, the athletic trainers, the PT people, and the orthopedic surgeons, and they teach you. So, but yeah, so you, going back to it, a lot of the times when you're going to to training, I mean, what percentage of that time are you just giddy and super happy and you get in there i mean it's it's not it's not a a a a comic book it's not a it's not a a comedy tour going in there and training there's a lot to be done you may feel fulfilled at the end when you go to eat lunch or dinner you have a sense of fulfillment that you got it in maybe your your hormones fired feel good, you know, you're, uh, so that happens, or if you feel the mental satisfaction of it, or the, the endorphins, or whatever, or you feel like you, you dominate on your game, that happens, but a lot of times it's, you're compelling yourself to go, you're compelling yourself to go because you have a longer term goal that's going to fulfill you, that has value. So, when we look at our our purpose, our life purpose, I mean that's that's a big question, but that's that's what's needed. Why is any of it worth anything? It's just if we're just here to have fun and just just travel and just have fun. Look, I'm all for traveling. I've traveled some. I'll travel a lot more. But is that just what we're here for, or what perspective are you going to take? Are you going to take the perspective of a Mother Teresa, or even a Wayne Dyer, or Jesus, which is that? There's life after this, and what we do in this life prepares us for the next life. You know, a lot of yogis and think the same thing, too, that we've lived before and we'll live after. Don't get mad at them for thinking that. You shouldn't. Get so high and mighty, ready to debate and argue, don't get mad. It's just, the point is to mentally explore it to find your best way. Let the atheist be the atheist, then. Let the agnostic be the agnostic. Let the believer be the believer. And try to work in harmony. Try to work in harmony. Try to respect them. Because we all have to learn to coexist unless we're going to have an extermination where the whoever, one group's going to just massacre the other. That's not. What, how is that, how is that a, a beautiful thing, a, a good thing? It's not. We have to learn to coexist. People of different faiths. People of belief and non-belief. We have to. At the end of the day, you have to find the way of thinking, the code that works for you. And I would advise, don't just sit around and throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Don't just wing all your life. Have an idea of what really feels good, what really feels valuable, what really feels fulfilling to your soul, and what roles. I always grappled and stayed in the martial arts because I liked it. I valued toughness. 
I valued hard work. I valued doing what other people didn't want to do. I valued courage. I valued that aliveness of competition, of training, when, when that other person is trying to get you to back down and trying to get you to quit and trying to find the quit button in you. I valued that test. I valued that challenge, and that sucked me in. You have to find that might not be the case for you. You know, I think for a lot of people, if they're broken, they run toward those martial arts. It's a paradox. But they run to a place they think will fix them. And actually, the martial arts break them down and humble them even more, usually. But it's ironic. That's a path to fixing. But it's not going to be like that for everybody. If you had great parents, you're not so broken. It might seem pointless to you. That's fine. But you have to find the thing. It's not about happy, 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 happy. That's a it's a popular thing. It's a cheap. It's the low-hanging fruit of personal fulfillment is is happy. Nothing wrong with happy. But you don't have to have a smile on your face to have a smile on your heart. You don't have to have a smile on your face to be 80 or 90 and look back on your life and feel proud and feel fulfilled and feel like you accomplished what you set out to accomplish. There are people that are happy, 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 and they're going to look back on their life and be like, wow, I just wasted it. What did I really do? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they, they scratched the surface with their talent because they were so busy goofing off and they didn't. You know, you, it helps to have, sometimes, you, the concept of discipline for the sake of discipline. Sometimes I just do things, I just abide by the principle. The principle makes my life easier. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to steal, I'm not going to do this. It's. I mean, could you steal 10 times, 15 times in your life and and rationalize it? Could you? You could. What if you never got caught? You stole 15 times, you never got caught. So why not steal that? I mean, what, you know, even if it was just small stuff, why not steal? Because why? Because there's something about that that just, it's going to cling to you. It's going to, it's going to beat you up. It's going to bust you up, even though it wouldn't be a habit, right? You've had thousands of days and only on 15 of them where you're a thief. That's 15 too many for a lot of people because they're just, because they are allegiant to the principle. Oh, no, I do not do that. Even if it's just infrequent, I don't do that. Because it's not you. It goes against who you want to be. And you have to figure out who do you want to be. What do you represent? If you don't know, then I hate to say it. Well, you, you might have to copy somebody for a while. Copy somebody you admire. Copy somebody famous. Copy somebody you know. Imitate them in many ways. It's not my way might be your way. might be how you have to start. There is no the way. You have to find what feels right in your skin. And that can change over time. What feels right in your skin? What feels like it's the right way? People go into different, different religions, different churches, and some maybe feel more right than others. Sometimes they go into church and they like the, you know, they like their faith. Maybe they just maybe it's just the people teaching. Maybe it's the particular zip code they live in. They don't they're not feeling that. But they like that that particular faith. So even within certain groups, you may like jujitsu, but you don't like you moved and now you don't like your instructor or the new the new uh school you're at. Not as much as the last. That happens. 
but you have to find what feels right for your soul, for your end goals. And we have to, to, to do a lot of things, whether you're a Navy SEAL, whether you're a UFC fighter, whether you're an executive, an entrepreneur, whether you're a parent, it's doing the things that need to be done and not always worrying about, hey, is this going to be fun? It's not about that always, is this going to be fun? That's not... That's not a good litmus test for everything. I don't know who spread that nonsense. It's nonsense. It's Listen, it's great to be happy. I'm not saying happy has its place. I'm just saying happy does, should not define. Happy is not the standard for everything we do throughout the course of the day. It's not. Positivity could be, hey, doing things with enthusiasm, doing them with optimism, doing them with good cheer, being surrounded with good people, yes, but... But you're not going to be in a laugh factory all day. That's not that's not the purpose. The world needs all different kinds of personalities, and we're not all born to be comedians and and and, and like walk around life like we're in some laugh factory. A lot of great things, a lot of essential things in this life would not get done if it was just oh ha 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 laugh 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 happy 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 happy. I'm all for happy, but I'm just saying minute by minute, hour by hour. Come on. Get the job done. Get 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 the things done that need to be done to climb the mountain, to to complete your mission, to overcome. Positivity's good. Do everything with optimism. Go above and beyond. But just realize things need to be done. I mean in in some ways, again, my illatibial band was hurting this morning. I did not want to be out here. Walking, I was like, I was, my leg was catching. I was like, gonna fall over this morning. Like, wow, I really overdid it. I want to go for a walk. I want to connect with nature. I want to meditate. I want to talk into this little podcast. I want to get the sun coming down on me. I want to start the day right. But I don't want to hurt my my body more. My body just was telling me, hey, I'm not really up to it. So what did I do? I mean, I, I went to the door and I thought, uh, oh, maybe, maybe don't, maybe just stay, just work a little bit, get to start working on your computer, make breakfast. But then I was like, no, that's, let's just see what you can do. Let's start the day right. Let's get out there and walk. So what I'm saying is I had every excuse not to walk and I could have just said, well, I don't feel like walking that my, my outside of my hip is hurting. I did it. And that's just the way it is. I mean, there's parts of my body now I'm still hurt. I still go and work out. I mean, I have to work around a lot of injuries, shoulder injuries and et cetera. But um, it's the way it is. I mean, doing push-ups, my shoulder's been bothering me. That's the way it is. just have to work around that. Because there is a greater purpose, which is to inspire people, which is to become the best version of myself. That's it. It's to become the best version of myself and to help other people become the best or at least a better version of themselves. I do value life. I do value the energy that I'm breeding for the next dimension, for the next life. I value that. And that's my that's my worldview. And I'm willing to do the things 
that need to be done, some of them very hard, some of them difficult. I'm willing to fight my way out of tough, rough spots. I'm willing to to be in a ditch and, and dig out of it. I think it's worthwhile. I'm willing to accept challenges. I'm willing to be afraid and and yet still push forward and and do certain things. Right? I'm willing to even help other people even though I realize that some of them might not be grateful. Some of them might still say, you know, whatever, say bad things about you, whatever. Everybody might not appreciate it, but you just if you're going to be a helper, if you're going to be a healer, if you're going to be a leader, you got to put yourself out there. You got to take some blows. You can't always think that, that that great things or happy things are coming back at you. It might not. A lot of times, I mean, we see that in just say ultimate, you know, in in, in combat sports where you you have coaches that spend years and years, they invest years and years in an athlete. They build them up, teach them everything they know, corner them, go to different cities, and and then in the end, the fighter may lose a couple fights, and the fighter just leaves. Playing as coaches. Now, you can make an argument both ways and say, well, the coaches benefited because the elite fighter brought attention to their gym and helped drive, you know, helped bring in more students because you have this big-name fighter you're working with. You can, whatever, you can paint a picture both ways. But the bottom line is from the coach's perspective, when those athletes leave you or when they blame you or they're not grateful, that hurts. You could, you may, it's enough to make the coach throw their hands up in the air and say, I'm done, done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. Right? But a lot of coaches don't do that. They don't throw their hands. They just keep going. Now, this is what I do. And they know it'll happen again. They'll be ungrateful athletes. They'll be athletes that will blame me. And that's okay. It's the way it goes. It's not always happy and hunky-dory, but it's worthwhile. It's what they do. It's who they are. So that's the that's the important thing for us. I mean, me, I know I'm here. I mean, I'm the I am the organic tank. That really is who I am. Thank you, Hawaiians, Matty Vills, and others, Sunny Nahar crew. You know, Frank that tank, Frank that tank. Those Hawaiians embedded in my ear, but that's what I am. I mean, I'm a guy that likes. I feel at home in nature. You know, I pride myself on my fighting spirit, at least, and mental toughness, life toughness. I pride myself on thinking a lot, being a problem solver, finding solutions, reading people, being healthy, mind, body, spirit. That's really my my essence. And we're all teachers, so you you say, hey... You're a teacher. We're all teachers. We're all teaching something. Even if you don't think you're a teacher, just the way you go about your day, wherever you are, wherever you're, you're walking, we're all teachers. We're all teaching somebody something, whether we want to or not. We're teaching somebody some lesson. We're teaching people maybe what to do or what not to do. Some people. So, that's it. I mean, I would say again, if if you're not liking your your life, you've got to change those habits. Just start with that. Don't look at the whole big thing. If you can't see the big picture, I don't know who I am. I don't know what my purpose is. Okay. 
Some of us are lucky enough to find that out. Some people are still lost in that respect. That's okay. Then let's not start with the macro. You don't, maybe you don't know your why. Maybe you don't know your purpose. Maybe you don't have an end goal. Maybe you don't know what you want your legacy to be today. That's okay then. Let's just make some, 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 some new commitments then. Let's just, let's wake up earlier. Let's be getting our hair cut more. Be clean cut. I know that that's, oh, Frank, that's so prim and proper of you. That's so wrong. Yeah, trust me, it works. I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but if you're at a point in your life where a lot of things are broken and you're a mess, <laughs> you need to clean up and become more organized, at least for now. So let's wake up earlier. Let's start writing more things down. Good things, things you're grateful for. Write some things down sometimes. Wake up. Don't just rush on that cell phone. Unless you're a podcaster or something. Try not to rush on that cell phone. Maybe check your messages, but again, make the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, maybe even an hour, depending on how early you get up. You get up at 4 or 5 a.m. Make that first 20 minutes, if you're lucky enough, hour. Make it for you. Ease into the day. Don't rush into the day. Don't go stress yourself out at the top of the morning. Make a list of things you're going to attack for the day. Write the date down. And write a script. Try to abide by that script. Try not to have a lot of idle time unless it's time for you where you're recharging, where you're replenishing. But those those habits are are key. And um, remember that we are all a force field. We're all telepathic. People can look at you in general. We can tell a lot about people because we are all broadcasting. Even things we don't think people know, they can tell. I mean, people have bad, evil intentions, and then people can feel that a lot of times. Yes, there's the occasional wolf in sheep's clothing, but I think that the reason people can't perceive the wolf in sheep's clothing is because people are blinded. They're zombified, right? If you're a mess and you're chemically clouded and you hate your life and you're depressed and you're taking all these prescription drugs or any drugs, whatever, when your intuition skills are going to be, your sixth sense is going to suck. When you start to awaken, you're eating good, you're feeling right, your mind is predominantly chemical free because nobody, we're all getting some exposure, plastic, etc. Air, whatever, traffic, we're, we're all getting exposure to toxins and there's no escaping it, but but as you start to awaken and as you start to feel you're, you have this hypersensitivity, you can, you're so attuned even to your body, you're attuned to others. You know, your ability to read people, you trust your intuition, your intuition goes off the charts as you awaken. And a lot of that has to start with the food. Make a food map for the day too. Just have an idea. Okay, I'm taking these, this banana, I'm taking this apple, I'm taking this steamed broccoli leftover I had, I'm going to make myself a quick salad, I'm going to hit Whole Foods today for lunch. Just try to do a mental map, too, of what you're going to eat because it's so connected to feeling good. I was with uh, a kid the other day, I mean, that I, that I you know, that, that, that that's a great kid and coaching for jiu-jitsu, and he was really, really dragging. 
I said, well, what'd you eat? He told me what he'd been eating in the last couple of days, you know, donuts and sugar and this nutrition bar, sugary nutrition bar. And then to his recollection, it had been in the last like two and a half days, he had 19 Diet Cokes. And he was lightheaded at times. He said he was having a headache. And I've never seen him weaker. I've never seen him weaker when we were, when we were grappling, rolling around. I've never felt him weaker. And a lot of that was chased to the diet. It's chased to the diet, feeling like crap. I hadn't drank much water, and of course it's 110 degrees or so here in Vegas. And so it's like, wow, hydrationally, wow, watch you're a mess. I love, love this kid, by the way. He's a great kid, smart kid. But, wow, even a kid, and kids are so resilient, even a kid, it's like, he, uh, he was lagging. His performance was, um, his performance was really showing. When he told me what he ate, it started to make sense. And that's happening to a lot of us. A lot of us, it's just, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You're just, your people are so busy looking at their waistline and how they look in this dress or how they look in their clothes and are so worried about vanity rather than sanity. Just not realizing, listen, there's a vibration. As Dr. Mark Heim and my buddy David Burke used to tell me and others, I mean, people have been teaching for years, food is information, food is vibration. Food is, is life or it's death. I mean, it's feeding your cells. It's feeding your mood. It's feeding your hormones. It's so tied. It's, it's either empowering you or diminishing you. Food is your ally if you want it to be or it's your enemy. And you have to start looking at it in different terms than just, oh, this is just what my society has taught me this is healthy, this is okay because it's popular, it's everywhere, these stores are everywhere, and so this crap is okay. Iceberg lettuce is even okay. No, it's not. Iceberg lettuce even, that salad sucks. I mean, I wouldn't, you buy in a salad at a fast food restaurant, no way, no thanks. It's not, even that, I don't trust the hamburger, I definitely don't trust the salad either. I was at a, um, a cafe yesterday working, and they have these old-time guys come in there. They all—they look to me to be retired, maybe 65, 70-year-old. A lot of former cops, I can just tell, former cops, former law enforcement. And some of them have New York accents. They're funny. They're pretty funny. They're real direct, and they, they're know-it-alls, but they're funny. They're entertaining. They, they, they have punchline jokes, and they have some pretty, you know, you can just hear them in the background. They, they, they are having fun and just... You know, they're enjoying conversation as currency. They're having a blast just sitting there telling their old stories and talking life and what's wrong with the world, etc. So one of them, older guy, probably 70 years old, looked like he was super fit for 70 years old. But he was um, he was talking about organic food, and he said, yeah, the organic, you know, you know, I don't know how much you can trust it. There have been tests where... Just because it's organic doesn't mean there are pesticides. They have organic pesticides. And the same people who made the GMO and the junk food are making the organic. So how can we trust? And I thought, wow, the guy's right. I mean, this guy, this guy's doing his research, right? He's, 
he's doing some of his research and he's a smart guy and he's reading between the lines I'm like yeah you're you're right actually i didn't say anything to him i had plenty of work to do but just overheard i'm like wow these guys they're not just winging whatever they're they're going through the how do i know how do i know anything well if you don't know it all you know what feels right for you deep in your soul not always happy but what feels right like you're on the right path like that's the rhythm i don't always want to go there's times i mean again i go bike riding for two hours and it's hot or it's windy i don't always want to go for that bike ride i'm like man it's 15 mile per hour winds 20 mile per hour winds in your face that ain't fun but I'm like, why? Why am I going to do that bike ride? Because I have to do some exercise because I want to get some sun. Because I know that there are going to be moments on the bike that are awesome. Because I'm going to have, be able to breathe in that, that air, most of it fresh. Because it's going to relax me. Because I'm going to be able to go into a meditation and think about problems. Some create, creative, creative, creativity will come to me. Some ideas just come to me, bam. Songs come to me. I feel closer to to God. I feel my mood improves. It you turn off all of the if you're having a bad day and you're having whatever you anxieties, fears, you're you're too worried about the future, you're worried about this, you're worried about that. You get on that bike and at least in a lot of ways you forget about it. So there is a forget about itness of being on that bike. Not always a happiness. It's not happy when 15 or 20 mile per hour wind is in your face and you're you're on a bike riding up a mountain, riding up a a hill. It's definitely not always fun, but it's gratifying when you get it done and you know you got yourself stronger and you know you you rested your mind some from the other things in life. You got you went and you got a good rhythm in, right? You invested in yourself, you connected with nature, you connected with God, you turned your mind off a lot, you just tried to be in the moment, you turned off life, you were able to forget a lot of things and just worry about the road, worry about the wind, worry about, hey, that, that sun, so there are moments of it that are really happy, and there's moments of it that, that are, eh, you don't always want to go for that bike ride. But you do. And there is a freedom there in the end. That's what defines not always happy. It's just the freedom. The wind in your face, the sun coming down on you, even on a bad day. It's a lot of freedom. It beats sitting in a cubicle all day. It beats rewinding life's problems and fears and you don't feel worthy, whatever. It beats that. Okay, well, don't distract yourself. I mean, you should be exercising that. A lot of people out there they say you got a lot of things on your mind you're way down you can't stop your brain you got the monkey mind you need to be exercising a lot that's a ventilation well i don't feel like it well you want to sit sit at home and feel miserable that's what's the lesser of evils i don't feel like working out a lot of times either but i do and i find what's worthwhile in it i i work out i lift weights i've lifting weights has become a spiritual activity for me i feel closer to god lifting weights a lot of times now. Not all the time, but I have many spiritual experiences now just working out. Whether I'm in a gym working out, doing band work, doing push-ups, whatever. Whether I'm on a bike, whether I'm hiking. You know, sometimes I'm driving, I feel that. 
We don't know. We expect every minute to feel happy. How is that such thing? Things will get old. Eat strawberries every day. I mean, they, they, they may not be as delicious as they were because we're eating them every day, but, but they're pretty darn good for you, right? In the end, it's going to pay off. So there's different ways to measure. Is that fulfilling? Is that something I should be doing? There's different measures. Happy's not always the measure. Happy can be a measure, but happy's not always the measure. Duty. Sometimes, whatever. If you want to be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, let's say, you don't worry always about happy, happy, happy. You worry about what's it going to take to be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and you do it. And you'll be happy later. You'll be fulfilled later. But even if most days in the gym aren't happy, 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 if that's your goal, if you think that's worthwhile, and you're like, I want to be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and that's important to you, that's something you value, then you do it. You don't worry about happy, 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 happy. Again, you should learn to enjoy it. You should learn to enjoy that process. But maybe you won't. But you'll probably enjoy being the black belt if that's really important to you, if you value that. If you want to be a Navy SEAL, you might not enjoy a lot of the, the you know, a lot of the grueling, you know, workout sessions and the training and the pain and the misery you go through. You might not enjoy it. You can enjoy a lot of that. But you'll enjoy the day they say, hey, you're a Navy SEAL. They call your name and you're, you're a Navy SEAL. And you get sent on missions. If that's important to you, you're going to enjoy that. And that is going to trump everything crappy and miserable you ever felt along the way. That's going to take precedence. So sometimes, yes, it's great when you enjoy every moment of the process, but usually you won't. You might not enjoy a a lot of the process. You might not enjoy it much. But you may enjoy the de- the end goal. Some people just say, well, enjoy the it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, it's the journey. Well, but, but if your journey is full of pain and misery, you better learn to enjoy that. You better learn to, to find meaning in your suffering, as Viktor Frankl would say. You're going to have to do that and realize, okay, this sucks. This is hard. I don't enjoy this, but I see meaning in it. And that meaning takes priority over everything. And you think, well, this is miserable, this sucks, this is hard, but it's taking me closer to this goal, this thing that I think is so important, so valuable, so essential, this thing I want to be part of my legacy, in fact. I mean, me, I value longevity. I value being able to find it. Right? The modern-day Jack LaLanne. So... I value some of the sacrifices I make eating when it's like, yeah, I could be eating stuff right now that's ten times more sugary. Maybe it tastes better. Maybe it's more addictive. Whatever. I could do that. But now I'm hurting that legacy. I'm hurting that that vision, that ultimate vision I have, which is, no, you're going to be age defiant. You're going to buy yourself more time. You're going to, the best years are ahead of you. You're going to take care of yourself. You're going to be free of, you know, free, not have to worry about all these diseases and all this crazy stuff. I don't want to play roulette. I want to make the best decisions possible and live on my brain, my body to work at a high level for 50, the next 50, 60 years. And I value that. Because I value that, I'm willing to make some of the sacrifices now. I'm willing to suffer now at, that, at certain things. It doesn't always have to be happy, happy, happy. The happy 
is a long-term deal. Happy is a lot of times it's also appreciating the the, the suffering and, and the sacrifice. That makes me happy. The process might not make me happy, but the fact that I'm suffering and sacrificing and doing the putting the work in, that makes me happy. I'm happy, hey, you didn't want to do that, and you just did that, and you just put the work in, and now you're closer to this beautiful, wonderful goal, this purpose, this bigger purpose, right? So it's just, there are certain things we're just called to do, the call of duty. It's not always do you want to do it. It's going to be such a fun, so fun, it's going to be such a blast. No, I think when you get to, say, a UFC fight, I've been backstage, I mean, how many fighters... The day before a fight, the the day of a fight are like, what did I do? I don't want to be here. A lot of fighters on fight day, that, that has to cross their mind. That has to cross their mind. Part of them, does, and then a lot of the time, the reason that people, they feel that. They feel this, I mean, you know, sometimes wrestlers have that. Fighters have that. A lot of athletes are like, man, I don't want to be here. I'm scared. And why do they do it? They do it a lot of times because they're held accountable. Their coaches are there. The fans are there. Their parents. So if they just wimp out, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to make the walk. If they wimp out, they're shamed. So a lot of times, I'm not saying most of the time, but but it's it's common enough where people make the walk. They want to shit their pants before some of these fights sometimes. They're going to fight a killer. Or wrestle or grapple against killer, and they want to shit their pants. And it's strange. People go out there because they they don't want to be shamed. So they fear the opponent, but they fear shame more. And so, what makes them go out there? It's not fun. Oh, this is going to be happy. This is going to be a blast. I'm fighting a killer. I'm going to be concussed, be knocked out. I could wind up in the hospital. Oh, that would be so fun, so happy. That'd be a great story. It's not that. They're scared, and the thing that's in, that's dominant in their head is I'm going to get beat up here. They can't. They can't stop thinking that about how bad of an idea this was. Right? What makes them make the walk? They usually don't. Very few fighters in the hours or minutes before a fight, wimp out and say, oh, I can't do it. Very few. What makes them go out there? Well, what makes a lot of them go out there is, yeah, some of them it's opportunities. Some of them are just alphas. They love the challenge. They believe in themselves. But there are some of them, they're going out there. It's like, well, I have to do this. I just, it's duty now at this point. This is This is who I am. This is how I get paid. And if I don't get out there, I'm going to make a a fool of myself, my team, my family, the fans. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be shamed. You better believe a lot of a lot of the the fighters, the athletes, they're more afraid of the of being publicly shamed and humiliated than getting knocked out by somebody. Like being their pride is. I mean, in this case, their pride is is more important than their and their physical safety. Pride takes priority over, hey, the chance they're going to be seriously harmed. Their pride is greater. It's not happy. I didn't say they went out there and they made the walk because, oh, this is happy. This is a walk in the park. No. 
They're fighting for something different. For, for a code, for honor, for pride, for challenge. Not always for just happy, oh this is the happiest place. Not a laugh factory. It's not, it's not Aruba. Okay? It's people running toward hard work and toward challenges and, and duty. And trying to be them best selves, their best selves, and realizing that it's not always happy, 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 happy. And get that out of your head, because you're going to set yourself up for failure when you think like that. Happy has its place. Optimism, positivity are wonderful things. High vibrations, wonderful. You get a lot done. But I'm just saying, happy is not this gold standard in all things you do. Happy can be the sacrifices, the suffering you make today. For a feeling that will last a lifetime. That could be happy. Wherever you are today, I hope you have a, a great day. I hope you started off right. Get your mind in the right place and believe in better, greater things. Let them work through you. And uh, just know that that which you seek is seeking you. So go big. Aim big. Don't sell yourself short. Because then that, that's a, that's a bad feeling in and of itself when we do that. All the best everyone. I hope you have a great day. Uh, my, my website's www.frankieforza.com and the email is frankie at frankieforza.com. Thanks so much everybody. Be blessed.